Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. Each week, the editorial team at Hotel Analyst get together to review stories of the previous week that have caught our eye. Normally, there's three of us, but this week, we're somewhat depleted in number. So can I introduce Catherine Dogrell, our perspective editor, and myself, Chris Bound, the web editor at Hotel Analyst. Our uh, editorial director, Andrew Sankster, is no longer in the building. He left departing for Heathrow muttering something about rugby and Japan so maybe we'll see him in a, in a few days time uh, but in the meantime we thought the two of us would reflect on um, well the, the several conferences and events we've been to in the last week or so which have probably proved quite useful in taking the temperature of the uh, investment climate at the moment uh, tasked as we are with struggling around such things as Brexit and unfortunately we are going to have to mention it this time but anyway let's start by talking about our very own conference that we took place last week at the Montcalm Hotel in London's West End the hotel distribution event which traditionally kind of looks at what's going on in the online marketing and uh, management space uh, all things software and IT uh, and the consequences thereof um, Catherine and I were both uh, com completely involved in the event and uh, Catherine do you want to start with your kind of thoughts on what came out of this I think it was the seventh year in a row that, that it's been on it was it was indeed yes um, so the hotels have known about technology for a proven seven years and <laughs> <laughs> so we could, you've been hearing about it for seven years people there's no excuse for not knowing what that thing does on your desk it is a telephone um, so yes <laughs> and that big big TV beside <laughs> it that's a called huge, a computer baby you touch the you touch things next to it things on the tv move it's like you know it's like having complete control it's like being bbc director general but of your own sphere so um so no they haven't really come to terms with that seven years uh is uh, is not long enough it transpires but what we did here um <clears throat> one of our colleagues peter who is um professor of information systems at essex uh here in paris uh, knows many many things and he did an awful lot of shouting um just after lunch was it i remember it feeling was. quite vulnerable um uh, through no fault of lunch but um, but it's very. Um, it turns out that the global branded groups and, and stop me if you've already heard this um, are possibly working with a model which is going out of date. Peter said um, they seem they're taking all their charges from the top line and really, really they could be standing to be focusing more on the distribution and possibly sharing the way that charges come as a result of that. Um, shocking, shocking. I know everyone was shocked collectively. But um, yes, change is, is imminent, we think, and driving this, of course, is the fact that you can get distribution from, uh, from other people, we hear. These things, the OTAs, which were around, I think, more than seven years ago at this point. Um, yes, there seems to be quite a bit about um, what are the brands OTAs. about, what are the brands doing for us, and, and what are Indeed. they going to come up with next because they need to come up with something new. Yes, because we've had the era of the loyalty programs and some would say we haven't really had time to get into whether that's worked or not. Um, some others would say it doesn't really matter whether we think they've had time to get into making it work or not. We're all, not all here to wait for people's business plans to kick in. Um, that's certainly the feeling of some owners. But um, I know if you look at Ackle with um, Ackle Live Limitless. Thank you. Well done. Um, so I've got it on a mug now. Um, you look at Accor, it's not even it's not even properly relaunching until the new year, so we won't be tasting the pudding of that eating or sticking our thumbs in any plums um, until 2020. So, I mean, no proof there. Of course, Accor say that they manage their properties more than other people do who are focused more on franchising, so it's a different model again. But, um, but yes, brands, what are they and what are they good for is very much the theme of the event. 
um, of course, with people like Scissors and M who have a different relationship with the OTAs and a different relationship to distribution, and maybe that will be the way ahead. Of course, they already own, so they're able to say what they like to themselves about how they see the return on distribution cost. And uh, I thought Richard Clark of Bernstein was quite interesting in that he he seems to think that uh, loyalty programs are moving on and um, this whole giving people more places to earn and burn. Earn and burn. Earn and burn yes. their points. You're right. Um, it's, it's, you can go to the bar and get a drink and then burn it with your points. Yeah. <laughs> so, or something along those lines. Yes, yeah, something there like was, that. He mentioned being able to go to the bar and get a free drink. So my interest in becoming loyal was peaked at that point, so you can appreciate Well, and I was quite surprised how keen some of the investors were on uh, the whole loyalty programme thing, because I thought that owners and investors hated loyalty points because it meant you had to basically give your punter that turns up on, on their loyalty points almost a free, free night. Um, but uh, it seems that um, it, that's not always the case, and if you play these loyalty programs okay, then you can actually get a reasonable level of recompense from the brands. Um, so Nick Nick it's Chadwick, true. he sort of he, he declared himself quite a fan of loyalty program customers, and then uh, Richard Clark again mentioned he'd spoken to I think it was the good folk at Indigo in Cardiff, and they reckoned they were oh, yes. they love they love loyalty program customers because they feel like they're having a free night so they spend all their cash on all the peripherals <laughs> oh. <laughs> so it's not so bad and then i, I understand club sandwiches you can <laughs> yes, quite. and i understand that um you you basically play the game so that if, if you take on loyalty customers when you're uh you're pretty empty then you won't get much more than just the uh the cost of your cleaning fee but if you actually take the loyalty customers on when you're already got a reasonably high level of occupancy then you get a kind of a good percentage of the uh, adr so actually it's a lot better if you are reasonably reasonable to high occupancy and then you take some some loyalty customers as well anyway it's all in the, the devil's all in the detail as with as with it most is, brand agreements <clears throat> and fee agreements i think <laughs> see how many devils but um but uh, yes i think one of the interesting things about the expansion of of various stables into various brands and adding on certainly in the case of marriott of um more sharing economy stuff is that the owners the huge reits in the us love that because it means that people are burning their points with them and not and and all that you know. It came, I remember in the last uh, last results shenanigans, people talking about how fabulous this was and what a weird side effect it was of involving the sharing economy. That suddenly things were getting burnt elsewhere, and it was all much more profitable for everyone. So hurrah! <laughs> so in conclusion, in fact, loyalty programs and brands, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> we come away completely convinced <laughs> you can brand us any day. Um, so yes, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see um, sort of this time, you know, in year eight. Uh, whether the brands have shifted to maybe recognise a, a model that's slightly different to the ones um, from back when franchises what were first invented. Because um, things don't seem to have moved on since then. Um, obviously, other conferences we've had, there's been a lot of chat about whether to make the agreements shorter, moving, and indeed, we're hearing terms of, uh, of <clears throat> franchises in particular that uh, seem to be falling all the time. So, is that so? Flexibility. Yes. Oh, it okay, is right. moderately so. Mm. One hears rumours. Oh, well, uh, the whole thing's kind of moving to a shorter timescale because one of the other things that I learned from the the Hottie conference that I went to in, in oh, London yes. was that um, Tony Ryan from JLL was talking about the fact that the accounting standards. No, no, no. Stay awake. Stay awake. Accounting standards. <laughs> accounting standards are changing, and that means that um, if you've got a lease, you have to wrap it up as a big liability in your balance sheet. So, Indeed so you what do. you do is you sign a shorter lease or you sign a, a lease with a, a quite short break uh, 
possibility in it and um, that that limits the liability that goes down in your account so he's saying that a lot of leases are going to be rewritten as either short much shorter leases or leases with a with a break clause in them at sort of you know five years or whatever um, so perhaps that means everyone's kind of thinking to shorter term oh, I see I hadn't seen the IFRS 16 angle to all this short-term fun mm. well there we go good so one three-year leases for yeah, absolutely and while we were while i was at hottie the other kind of uh, big thing that i took away from hottie from uh, from actually helping to run one of the uh, sessions there were, was from all the private equity investors um managed to smoke out of them where they're looking at the moment and what they what they particularly favor and um italy is the big place for them italy, italy yeah yeah you can obviously you do you do have some challenges there you'll work out <laughs> some cha- yeah whose brother who's there are one or two challenges <laughs> whose brother's cousin's uncle actually really owns the freehold of that hotel uh is, is one issue and then obviously um there may be uh issues around um satisfying the uh security liabilities uh, and other issues in certain parts of the country i have heard one here uh, but uh, they 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 reckon that um, once you get past all those hassles, they think that Italy is still a very attractive market to be buying into hotels and um, particularly kind of the luxury in there. And of course, it's very very got very low brand penetration compared to other European. Indeed, countries. it does for all the uh, all the, the the reasons listed above. Well, there we are. But someone at some point is bound to try. And of course, the other the other place they're keen on is uh, Greece, which finally seems to be coming to be a thing you can actually start to get deals done in and also uh, Dominic Seeley from Westmont was uh, professing to be very keen on Morocco ah. mm. intriguing which part which part of the segments market segments does he like he in didn't Morocco say. He, hadn't, he didn't reveal yeah, his hand well, or indeed wise, where he's parked wise. his camel Mm. Mm. Shocking, shocking. Well, of course, um, Turin was a feature of your massive AXA principal deal this week, um, which came completely out of the left field, perfectly hidden from view from us rummaging hacks, um, <clears throat> and featured all sorts of exciting um, hotel destinations, Vienna, Turin, all them, a number in um, seven hotels in Germany. There we go. Yes, lots and lots of places, not so much the UK, um, uh, with, because they, um, I believe, Brexit, again, uh, is, is a feature in the current transactions market, certainly um, came up in PwC's report. Um, but um, yes, it marked the disposal of the entire portfolio of Principal Europe's first hotel real estate fund, which closed in 2012. They have a second fund, of which they have two hotels so far, and are looking for more. And they're not planning on deviating from their plan. They are sticking with good hotels in city centres um, where they can value add. None of this moving into hostels or student housing or data farms or anything. Yeah, that's, that's, that's quite interesting. It's, hotels are where it's, it's, it's all about at. location, location, <laughs> location, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It is. City centre location, you know, well-located hotels will allow you to do half billion euro deals. So that, really, I don't know what's So they enjoy. like the fact that they're, they're good operating businesses, but they also like the fact that if push comes to shove, they're a nice piece of real estate that you can easily get rid of at a reasonable price. Exactly. And this, of course, is always the point of uh, of the hotel sector. When it comes down to it, you can always flog the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and then returning to our first, our first commentary... You can find another willing brand to take it on. You can, or you can, you know, bulldoze it or convert it into residential or oh, real estate. What is not to enjoy? Uh, so, yes. <clears throat> Even these days, turn it into a boutique hotel. 
because I was interested to see that you union. You could, you could. You need lots of unusually shaped yeah, chairs. Yeah, <laughs> union so. immos dumping the Sofitel from uh, Berlin, and uh, they're going to be creating a uh, boutique hotel instead. So yes, as you say, as no. you say, they're probably rummaging around the second-hand shops of Berlin as we speak, <laughs> <laughs> looking for an <laughs> unmatched set of chairs. No, I don't. Exactly. I don't want those six. They all I look guess. too alike. <laughs> I can I can imagine now like rag and bone men going up and down the street. Chairs, bring out your unusual chairs, and and probably a taxi derby as well. They're going to go down that route. Seems more than likely. But now you've small batch gin. <laughs> bring out your small batch gin. <laughs> now then, you've you've been going to another conference in that France, haven't you? I did go to a conference in that France, um, which was handily located near to my son's school, uh, which is where I like conferences, particularly ones that start just after drop-off. Uh, beautiful, seamless it was. So accommodating and, um, those yes, French. This, <clears throat> I know, I know. People say it's all about rioting, and it's not. It's about well, they riot, they riot for um, the right things, and they obviously... They do, and they get the job done. Um, not, I would not at this point. No one should be seeing this as an encouragement to riot, uh, just to achieve things. It's wrong. It's very wrong. It's a bit illegal. In fact, you can't do it. It's, um, it should, no, don't do it. Don't take that as a kind of hotel analyst telling you that it's fine to go out and riot if you want to achieve anything at all. Just because the French are doing it doesn't mean we should all do it. No, does it? I'm sure the Queen would agree with that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so <laughs> encouraged. But uh, yes, it was the launch of the French Hotel Investment Survey, um, courtesy of Christie & Co. And everyone's very much into, into France. France, kind of not like Italy, but has Italy-like issues um, in some areas. And it's quite difficult for outsiders to get into. But um, so as a result, lots of people like um, Sycas are looking to come in and do their double-decker bit and also bring in things that are a little bit more alternative, so more service departments and this kind of thing. So there's definitely a growth in the number of alternatives and extended stay, sharing things, all kind of coming in, getting a look. Um, so yes, so almost with France. Um, but um, one thing that was uh, intriguing in its lack of mention throughout this um, morning event in a very pleasant location with free croissant and pens and all the rest of it was an absolute raging lack of the mention of Brexit. Didn't come up. Um, no mention of it at all. People are keen to, to invest in Europe, investing all over the place. We've got loads of money, join our lovely brand, all the kinds of things you would expect. Um, but no one mentioned Brexit. So anyone who thinks that Europe is out here blinking or <laughs> doing any other peculiar facial expression that may lead you to suggest that they are terrified come Halloween. Um, I can tell you that certainly in this particular room, it's very much yesterday's news and yesterday's concern. Well, uh, interestingly, going back to my panel uh, for, of the private equity guys, when I asked them their kind of the, my, my, my reserve question at the end of my session, which was what would they do if they had 75 million euros to invest in uh, hotels tomorrow? Um, uh, two or three of them actually said London was quite an attractive place to spend that cash. Um, and none of them mentioned the B word. Yes, and you, and you, would, and you would need 75 million, um, if not more, to get into London. Because yes, L London, as we heard from PwC again this, earlier this week, London's still popular, um, despite, in fact, they were more confident about it than they had been in March. So is it just the fact um, that the, the pound London, has got so weak that they think they're, they're getting such a massive discount that, that that'll cover any short-term performance hassles? 
Uh, well, the performance hassles don't seem to be manifesting as much as one would think as yet people are still coming into London. It's the regions where things are like... <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so I, get, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but I assume that's what they said. That um, sort of noise, yeah. So, no, yeah. I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure it wasn't that, yeah. that sort of noise. Uh, approximately, that's the state that we're heading towards in the regions at the moment. But London, of course, is an island, as um, lots of people say, is, is the reason why we're having breakfast in the first place, because no one outside London um, gives a damn about anyone. But that would be mean and harsh. And as it is, London remains an isolated market. Um, whether you can buy stuff in London seems to be up for debate. Um, there is lots and lots of chat, in fact, about all these funds, um, such as the one that um, Boris Johnson's brother has set up, um, which are looking to invest in, um, in London and the UK and are lurking on the borders, waiting for the pound to go into a tailspin come November the 1st. But, um, but yes, people still seem to be interested in, in buying hotels in London. It's just finding them, which is the problem. Which was it ever thus? Yeah. In yeah. it, though. Well, and on that happy note, we'll perhaps wind up this <laughs> week's conversation. That's how you've got a yeah. hotel in London. <laughs> Before we head off to the regions to see how bad it really is. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Always to Manchester. Absolutely. <laughs> lynchings free <laughs> and on that note we'll say goodbye for now and we'll look forward to chatting to you again next week bye for now